Welcome to Women, Conscription and War, a podcast series focused on the actions, motivations and experiences of Melbourne women in the anti-Vietnam War and anti-conscription protests between 1965 and 1972. In case you haven't listened to the introduction to this project and where I give some history of the Vietnam War and conscription in Australia, a few things to keep in mind. First, this is in no way an attack on Vietnam veterans. I am the daughter of one myself. This is filling a gap, not opposing or challenging. Second, I don't necessarily agree with everything my interviewees say, so don't get angry at me for reporting their views. Third, I don't always give the name of the person who's speaking when I use excerpts from interviews. They're always credited on the website, which you'll find at womenconscriptionwar.com. You'll also find complete footnotes for the other work that I've used. Lastly, please note that I have edited these interviews for use in the podcast for clarity and to really hone in on the relevant ideas. I think women were important in all kinds of ways, whether it was just a woman in a family who brought into that family a better fair share about what was going on and said, look, I'm standing up for this, and whether their husband said, no, you can't, or or whatever, it was a, a kind of changing dynamic. I asked pretty much all of the women I interviewed whether they thought that women played an important or significant role in the protest movement against the Vietnam War and conscription. I got some quite different answers, as you might expect. An important piece of context here is that the women's liberation movement, in Australia at least, really started in a big way in the early 1970s, so it's at the end of the period we're discussing. There were indeed some women who went from protesting the Vietnam War to being involved in women's lib. Some of the women I spoke to said that they had paid almost no attention to gender issues at the time and couldn't really remember whether there had been many women at all involved in the areas they were active in. Others suggested that the question was sort of irrelevant because there was no gender aspect to their protesting. Some other women said that women had played very significant roles in a variety of ways. And I want to make it clear here that I'm not pushing a particular agenda in terms of a feminist analysis or anything like that, aside from the fact that I think women's voices in general in history deserve to be recorded for posterity and that their contributions deserve to be acknowledged, which I guess is arguably a feminist agenda. That one, I'm fine with acknowledging. At any rate, my point is that I'm not trying to say women were more important than men or anything like that. What I do want to show, and what I hope I have shown across these many episodes, is the myriad ways that women contributed during this important era of public protest. So in this episode, I'll let the women speak for themselves without too much editorialising. I've loosely grouped the excerpts into three sets, what seemed like relevant sets to me. There is, of course, some overlap between them. You'll find a complete list of who is speaking in this episode on the website, 
womenconscriptionwar.com. We begin with women who focus on how women were crucial to the organisation of the protests. Do you feel like there were lots of women at those marches? Oh, yes, yes. Heavens, yes. And there were a lot of women organising too. And there were a lot of women who didn't give a damn if they didn't get their names in the paper. They were just going to keep on doing what they were doing. Overall, do you feel like women had... Do you feel like you and, and Vera and so on had an important role to play in the movement? Like, had you not been there, do you think it would oh, have been different? absolutely. Mm. I mean, we, there's so much work to do, getting posters up and handing out leaflets and yeah. all of those things. And you were doing a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yes, it would have... It did make a difference. In fact... I think it was central, really. Mm. You know, a lot of the men were fly-by-nights, whereas the women were there and stuck with it. And... So when we were uh, communicating earlier, you said that you thought women were crucial to the anti-Vietnam and anti-conscription activities. I mean, you've already talked about what you were involved in and so on, but... Can you tell me why you think women more generally were so important in the movement? Because we did all the, all the grunt work. Like the pamphlets and the typing and the printing. <laughs> and the organising and the sewing of the banners, the, the making of the banners, the sewing of the flags. Yep. Uh, I don't know whether we sourced the flagpoles. I think the boys might have gone to McEwen's, not Bunnings, because it didn't exist, so yep. it was McEwen's. I don't know. I think probably the minimum – the blokes did the minimum. I can tell you that. Well, sorry, most of them did the minimum. There were a few that were – there were a few that were a bit more. But they were all sexist bastards, absolutely. Look, at, I mean, we didn't realise it at the time – but in discussions I've had with women and men since those days, and I've seen some of the feminist women sort of ex writing about their experiences, and I'm thinking, um, yeah, she's actually she's actually right. She she we didn't really see it that way. But I do remember when we had a big left conference, and some of the more vocal women were complaining that they never get to speak at the rallies and. Um, you know, men are dominating the movement and this is not right and it should be, you know, women hold up half, half the sky stuff. <laughs> I do remember another man who I had great respect for get up and say, well, it's not so much that uh, the men are dominating, it's more that the women are submissive. Um, you, don't take, you, you don't take the opportunities. Well, I was still a pretty mousy sort of a person then and I remember one of the more stronger women getting up and saying, how dare you say that we're submissive? We do this, this, this and this. It's you fellas that don't allow us to take the lead roles. Yeah, so it was, it was very, the movement was quite male-dominated and the men argued and justified that because we're the ones that are, are threatened by conscription, you're yep. not, you know, and it's like, um, hang on. The women, the ones that were providing the refuges, and mm. which, which made them just as much threatened by conscription and the aftermath. 
Were other women involved in protesting against Vietnam that you were aware of? Oh, yeah, 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 there were big, yeah, there was sort of a big crossover between the um, the growth of the women's movement and the Vietnam War activists and and feminist politics were argued out in, you know, various groups within the anti-Vietnam you know, organising groups. There was always a lot of <laughs> a lot of <laughs> argument about who was going to speak, and you know, it was the beginning of women finding their voices and all that stuff. So, yeah. And do you think women's involvement in the protest movement was important? Oh yeah, yes, yes, yeah. It was. Um, it was. A lot of a lot of organisations were held together by women's presence. You know, like the Union of Australian Women and other and CICD that um, campaign for international cooperation and disarmament, and the movement against uranium mining. All of those groups were, you know, they often had a male spokesperson, but they were all held together in the. The, the glue that held them together were always women, and particularly the the older women's groups, you know, the Union of Australian Women who were really involved with the anti-Vietnam things, they, well, they were all women, and they were, you know, they were the sort of the bedrock of often a lot of demonstrations. They would come early and get themselves chained to something and <laughs> stand there all day and, you know... <laughs> How important do you think women were in the movement to protest against Vietnam and conscription? Totally instrumental. I mean, there were some women on the organising committee. There's Jean. I can't remember who else. There weren't many. There might have been only one other. Maybe mm -hmm. Coxedge, I can't remember. But of those two, I think, were, and I was ex officio. But apart from that, I don't think there were other women but by the same token, well, Save Our Sons was absolutely critical to the whole conscription part of the thing. And in the local groups, they were most often, their secretaries were, I don't mean typist, but organisational secretary or president, whatever. They were almost entirely women, if not definitely entirely women. The groups themselves were mixed genders, but I think women were the main people who were instrumental in holding them together. I mean, you can't have 100,000 people who are all Labor and Communist Party voters. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and part of the reason, I think, was, apart from any moral issues, the sons of women across the political spectrum were dying. And there was the potential for more to die and they didn't want their son. Most of them didn't believe in that war, didn't want their sons to go to a foreign war and be killed for, for what? Some women I spoke to either thought women didn't have a particularly important role for a variety of reasons or don't particularly remember gender being an issue. I mean, there's a danger in doing a, a project just on women yes. <laughs> that um, that the interest becomes, well, how did the men treat you? Yeah. 
And I don't, I mean, I don't, they were, they were too young to start telling people to go and do the washing up and all of that sort of thing. They weren't, you know, they hadn't sort of, if they were misogynists, it hadn't yet sort of coagulated to that point. And the women were perfectly happy to say, go and do it yourself. I don't remember there being that flavour among the groups that I moved in, but they were certainly far more male and female in terms of their mix and certainly the men, more than the women, um, more than most of the women, were concerned with working out theories of socialism and uh, Australian capitalism and, and, and the people I knew also of, of of internationalism and far more men than women were involved in those sorts of discussions but the two Melbourne women that I've mentioned to you Jill Jolliffe and Helen Hill they were certainly as involved if not more involved than I was in in those sorts of discussions and there were other women. Do, do you feel like at Monash there was an important place for women in protesting against Vietnam? Not really um, I think though it was all Still very much the patriarchy, you know, the men sort of took control. The women were there, but it was like, um, you know, behind every revolutionary there's a good good woman, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there was uh, women were highly regarded because there was plenty of sex around, but um, uh, I don't think, you know, the men made the decisions mostly. They weren't... They, they weren't um, I say? Uh, they weren't sort of intentionally dismissive, I don't think. It's just that that was what life was like in those days, you know. Like it was still, feminism was just sort of starting to rear its head. We were, I mean, most of us were perfectly happy to say our piece and we wouldn't back down. And the men were, were okay, you know, but um, I, I don't think that they sat down and had too many meetings and said, I wonder what the women think, you know. From your from your memory, did you get a sense that there were like there were a lot of women? Like would you have said it would have been about half or less uh, in terms of people doing things? Yes, I do. I think there were at least half who were women. And I we were we were not Acknowledged, and I think a number of the men who now these days would say that too. It was we were regarded as the you know the sort of um, the 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 helpmaids, you mm. know, the people who did the, the the typical kind of role of women, and it was at the time when when women were also you know it did really go hand in hand with the women's movement, mm. and I think women within the anti-war movement were facing the same struggles of recognition and autonomy as women in general. So, you know, the fact that we were in an anti-war movement didn't necessarily, in fact, it didn't give us any greater presence or voice. In terms of our power in that movement, um, I think we had less power. You know, there were very strong, the main people in the anti-war movement, like um, Jim Cairns mm. was sort of the figurehead. The people on the executives of various things were largely all men, except for Jean McLean, mm -hmm. and jo or maybe Joan Coxedge, and one or two others. 
Um, but I don't think the number of women in those powerful positions reflected by any means the actual number of women who were involved in the entire movement. So it was very frustrating at the time. And I think I think there were people who actually left the anti-war movement who found themselves frustrated as women in that movement. They joined the, the women's liberation movement more significant, you know, to be their main focus of activity because they just felt that they were not, you know, they found endless, it was endlessly frustrating for them to be yep. in this movement where they weren't being given an equal say. Finally, here are some more general reflections. But do you think that women being involved was important for the overall anti-Vietnam and anti-conscription movement? What I would say there is that, to me, the success of the anti-war and anti-conscription movement and, to me, the success of the civil disobedience non-violent tactic was that a huge swathe of Australians became at least opposed to the war, if not actively involved in opposing it. And so 50% of the population is female, women. So clearly, from my point of view, if it's going to be a democratic movement and a democratic change, then women's participation is key. Do you think that women being involved in protesting was an important part of the protest movement? Yes, I do, because, well, getting back to the talking about that sort of mass feeling of the moratorium, um, I think the the leadership shown by uh, women like the Save Our Sons movement and the, the really strong feelings that those people had because they were women who had grown-up sons who were in real danger of being sent off and, and getting killed. And I think that really hit people where where it really meant something. A lot of people who, who weren't political and who weren't uh, necessarily involved from the political ang- angle uh, still didn't, it didn't feel right for them they weren't convinced that the country was, A, right to get involved in the struggle at all, and B, they definitely felt it wasn't right to just send off 18-year-old young men with, without any sort of consent at all. Or it, I think it felt as if there hadn't been even any consultation before before those things happened, and uh, and yeah, I think the fact that women, in particular, were prepared to to make a fuss when um, maybe men were a bit more reluctant to do so. Do you think that the involvement of women in the protest movement was important? Oh, absolutely. Yes, really important. I mean, SOS which was the earliest sort of manifestation of it, I suppose, in large scale, 
It really did uh, enable so many women to to stand up and be counted in a pretty safe way. And I think that's really important to be able to do that. I guess there was that mutuality among women. I mean, it was the meetings were mostly women mm. that I that I attended. Women knew what to do. At the then, I mean, women of, those, of my mother's vintage and older were um, they were very experienced in in politics of one form or another, in, in the union movement, some of them, and in professions. Uh, they weren't um, inexperienced. How important do you think women were in that whole um, demonstrating defiance, I guess, yeah. demonstrating dislike yeah. of Vietnam? No, I think it was very important because there had only been guys that were said, oh, those people don't want to go and fight, so take no notice of them. Yeah. But once women were involved, um, A, it dragged in a lot more family members, or else it didn't have much effect on my family. But I think it just broadened it, um, that people saw it wasn't just some guys who didn't want to go to fight, it was the community who had a strong call against it. Yeah. And the fact, and like I know people see university marches, though, well, they're just uni students, but the fact there were a lot of older people in those marches um, the whole way through it and increased as more guys got killed in Vietnam, of course. Um, some were probably the parents of some poor souls. But, so I think that really had a significant difference, um, certainly for elections anyway. People saw that, you know, half the, half the crew were women marching down the street. Um, looking at the political terms, I would have thought there'd be a fairly strong message there. We're not, this is not helping the yeah. Liberal cause. I think it was quite significant. And I think it probably gave some women, not me so much, because I said I'd been a sport brat, so I'd done, done whatever I wanted to anyway. But I think for some women, it probably did open up a broader feel from them. Uh, especially those who'd been in a very traditional family um, and I think it probably gave the opportunity to just be, feel a bit freer and talk a bit more perhaps too. Yeah. yeah. Why did it matter that women were protesting alongside and uh, with men um, in the protest movement? Well, I think it it had an influence on the movement itself because it showed that the Vietnam War movement was a broadly based movement and had people, you know, when you think of the Save Our Sons, women mm. from different backgrounds and you have um, people from the middle class and, and educated women. And, it, you know, it wasn't just a self-centred thing. It wasn't just people who could be, be drafted would go, you know, because they were not conscripting women, but women could see an ethical reason to oppose the war. Do you think women's actions during this period, anti-war, anti-conscription, were, were necessary, were important to the movement as a whole? Yeah, oh, absolutely fundamental. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women, Conscription and War. If you enjoyed it, maybe you could tell someone else about it or leave a review somewhere to help other people find it. My immense thanks to all the people I spoke to for this episode. You can find a complete list of them on my website, womenconscriptionwar.com, as well as a bibliography and some relevant images. 
My thanks also to Sarah Tomasetti, who gave permission to use her mother Glenn Tomasetti's music in this project. It's a moment from her song, The Ballad of William White, that you hear between sections throughout this podcast. <laughs> 